Amen. Please be seated. Taking your Bibles, turn to Matthew 12. Hmm. We are coming to the end of Matthew chapter 12, and it might appear to you a bit of a curious little pericope, this final paragraph at the end of the chapter, where the Lord has a visit from his mother and brothers while he is in the midst of a teaching session inside a house surrounded by people and filled inside with people. And along comes his mother Mary and a a brother or two demanding to speak with him. One of the things we should understand about the placement of this pericope in Matthew is that it matches very well with the placement of it in Mark and Luke. And that means it is being placed where it is, not only because this is where our Lord has been teaching the things we have just heard before it, but because it is also part of the opposition, the opposition that is coming against Jesus. And here it is, it is an opposition from within his own family. It is not as severe and certainly not final opposition, for Mary is among the believing church on the day of Pentecost. But she, too, needs to see that her son is not just her son. And so this passage fits very well with what you heard our Savior say back in chapter 10, verse 37, when he said, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Tonight we have just a slightly different but similar revelation of his worth set in the context of a relativizing of his family. This is how the Lord Jesus reveals his worth. In its many ways, he reveals it. But tonight for us, comparing himself to natural relations. Let us pray. Father, we pray for your help. We pray for your love to be upon us. Grant your children to hear your voice in your word, to recognize therein your authority, and to yield gladly to it. Lord, we pray that your spirit even would constrain us to Indeed, give heed to what you are saying. Help us, indeed, understand what you are saying. And lead us to bear fruit in what you have said. We ask for this help in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 12, verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people... Behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister 
and mother. This is God's word. If you could go back in time and somehow make yourself to be the one who carried Jesus in the womb and gave birth to Jesus and cared for the infant Jesus and raised the child Jesus, if you could be that one to have brought forth such a marvelous birth, it would be no profit to you without keeping a communion of faith and a communion of will with Jesus Christ. This is our lesson tonight. But the opposite is also true. Even if you are a nobody among men, but keep a communion of faith and a communion of will with Jesus Christ, you will be to him as a precious mother is to a precious son. Even if you are nobody. You will be to him as a dear brother is to a dear brother, even if you're a nobody. Your situation in the world could even be worse than that. And all of this would still be true. Even if you were born a Philistine, or even if your mother was a prostitute, and her mother was a prostitute, and her mother was a prostitute, and all the fathers in your family tree were like wild dogs sowing seed never to be found, even if that were your heritage, should you enter into a communion of faith and a communion of will with the Lord Jesus Christ, you become to him as one of his dearest relations. He has no relation higher than what you become to him through the communion of faith and communion of will. Not because you have this noble pedigree, but because you have a noble sponsor. You have a noble patron, a noble benefactor, the Lord Jesus himself. And he, as the Lord Jesus, does not look upon men the way men look upon men. As he says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. It is in the heart where the communion of faith is born, where the communion of will is born. Beloved, this is the wonderful grace our Lord Jesus teaches tonight. He elevates all sorts of men in this text. He elevates high-born men, higher than being high-born, to be his dearest relation. He elevates low-born men. He elevates men far and men near, men noble and men ignoble. He elevates all sorts to the highest and nearest relation to him when they enter the communion of faith and the communion of will. Now, as we come to our text, we find that our Lord's family has come looking for him. They have not been following Jesus, but now they desire to see him, to speak to him. Why? Well, Matthew does not tell us exactly why, but Mark does. In Mark's fuller account of this very incident, we learn that our Lord's family had come to seize him. Mark 3.21. 
They were physically going to take him home because they thought he was, quote, out of his mind. Also, Mark 3.21. But we can add something more to this. Jesus' family is seeking to assert their authority over him. They come and ask to speak to him while he is yet indoors speaking to the people. They want to speak to him while he is speaking. Matthew is showing us a rivalry of authority here. The family cares not that they are interrupting him in his work, in his mission, in his commission. At this point, they do not value his work yet. If they did, they would not have been outside, but inside. Or at least they would have waited for him to finish. You can read in John 7, where our Lord says to his half-brothers, that you do not believe in me. That is the condition they were in, in those early years. But they cannot wait for him to finish. They demand, if you read Mark, along with Luke and along with Matthew, they demand to speak with him now. And they cannot get in and reach him. The crowd is too great, we learn from Mark. And upon learning that they are outside, Jesus says something quite bold to everyone who is inside. Here, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. What a glorious upgrade to somebody born in a trough like me. I am a brother of the judge of the living and dead. You are a sister, a mother to him. It is a stunning statement for our Lord Jesus to make in this culture where it was much thicker in this culture than in our own that you do not shame the order of relations in your house, in the house of your father and your mother. But our Lord's stunning statement is not a sinful statement because he is no mere man. He is the God-man. His stunning statement serves several purposes. First, it testifies to his identity as more than just his mother's son, more than just his brother's brother. He is instead the one, the one by whom all other lives of men and women will be measured. Do they regard his father's will as he regards his father's will? He has a preeminence. Doing the will of his Father in heaven is the standard by which every human life will be examined. Second, his statement is not only that, but doing the will of his Father in heaven, Jesus says, anyone who does the will of his Father in heaven has found the only way to enter and abide in the family of Jesus. No one enters his family by natural relation. All must enter by a supernatural relation. 
First, by discovering the preeminence of Jesus above all the relations a man can have in this life. Beloved, this is the communion of faith. Let me say it again. The communion of faith is first. It is when we, by grace, hear his voice as we just sang and our praise him. It is when we, by grace, hear his voice, even hear his voice in this very text, and discover in his voice his preeminence above all the relations a man can have in this life. And it is a generous preeminence to sinners, whereby he elevates those born of Adam, the usurper, the failed vice regent. He elevates those born of such a race of men who are called rebels and enemies. He elevates such people when they hear his voice by grace, he elevates them to sons and brothers and mothers and sisters. This is the communion of faith. And second, we enter into the communion of the will when we recognize that the father of Jesus Christ, he is the one whom we are all to serve. And that his will is the only measure of whether our will is in health, whether our will is sound, whether there is a true healing in us, that we desire the will of our Savior's Father. Now, these two that I've just gone through, the communion of faith, our Lord's identity, and the communion of will, our Lord's obedience, they are distinct but inseparable. No one will do his will who does not recognize him as Savior and Lord. And no one who recognizes him as Savior and Lord can keep from doing his will. Don't think there is no faith being summoned from the souls of men or even given to the souls of men in this text. Whenever our Lord Jesus makes a revelation of his person by these kinds of comparisons and contrast, it is the voice of God coming upon the heart of men that gives birth to faith and heals their will subsequently. And that healing goes on and on and gets progressively more holy. So in Jesus' reply... Verses 48, verses, verse 48, verse 49, verse 50. In his reply, he is saying, I have my family right here. Ooh, that would be hard to hear if you are outside asking to speak to him and you gave him sandwiches for years and you nursed him. But this is the voice of salvation coming even through the crowd back to his mother, back to his brother. My family is right here. Those who hear my word and go on to obey my word. That is the fruitfulness of God's kingdom, hearing and doing the will of God, which is even to believe upon the one whom he has sent, Jesus says in another place. You want to do the works of God, believe on the one he has sent. So our Lord Jesus, in these 
three verses, 48, 49, and 50, he is ranking kingdom fruitfulness, his life filling up our own, his will healing our own. He's ranking that as greater than any other association that a man could have with him. He ranks a communion of will with him as far greater than a communion of location, a communion of association. Well, I grew up in the church. I know all the hymns. I've told you this before. Elvis Presley went free to Bible camp every year in his youth because he memorized over 300 scriptures. But he did not do the will of the Heavenly Father of Jesus Christ. A communion of association, a communion of location, is not that by which Jesus' true family is discovered in this world. But let me slow down and look at his one question, verse 48. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? I think we can agree with John Chrysostom on this verse. And I know you've heard me quote Chrysostom before. I do it because my my dear friend John Calvin did it so much. That's where I learned to do it. Chrysostom is an excellent expositor of scripture, though he died in 402. You can read many of his sermons online. They read like Calvin's commentaries, in my opinion. We can agree with Chrysostom on verse 48. Quote, he said this not as being ashamed of his mother, nor denying her that bare him. For if he had been ashamed of her, he would not have passed through that womb. But he said this to declare that she has no advantage from birthing him, unless she do all that is required to be done. She too must do the will of his Father in heaven. She too, therefore, must believe upon the one whom the Father has sent. Now, it is quite interesting that when you come to Luke's pericopes regarding the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which we have just gone through in Matthew 12, when you come to Luke's placement of those in Luke 11, he puts something else right after those. He puts this little vignette from our Lord's life. Luke eleven twenty seven. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. Do you know what our Lord Jesus said in reply? But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is why he came. This is why he was born of a virgin. This is why he suffered under Pontius Pilate. This is why he was crucified, dead, and buried. This is why Christ has taken on our nature and has nailed our sins to the cross so that we could be forgiven of all our willfulness against his Father's will and become made new in his life and begin to do his will.
In these words, our Lord Jesus is giving his mother and his brothers an opportunity to be his mother and his brothers, truly, in the bonds of salvation. He doesn't shame them. He doesn't say, get away, go home. He says no curse against them. He calls them no disdaining names. But he says the very thing that gives them a message that they must be related to him on different terms, not just the terms of this age, but the terms of the age to come. For the God whose will we do is the God of the age to come who has come into this age. Now, a word then to our young people among us tonight. You have seen in our text tonight, you've seen and heard in a little bit of this teaching tonight that your earthly parents are not as important as Jesus Christ. And what is going on between you and your mom and you and your dad, it is not as important as what is going on between you and Jesus Christ. Young people, do not wait until you publicly profess your faith before you start doing the will of God. Do not wait until your mother or your father becomes a Christian before you cry out to Jesus Christ and say, make me a Christian. Do not let what is going on in your father, what is going on in your mother, be the marker and pace of what is going on with you in Jesus Christ. Do not wait until you are a communicant member. You must look past your parents and look to Jesus Christ. He is greater than your parents. He is better than your parents. He is more worthy than your parents. If you say, you know, there are things I don't like about my parents, or there are things that are weird and awkward about my parents. I don't want to be known as somebody who is imitating my parents. I don't want to think I am going to be just like my parents. You are right in thinking those things. Jesus does not want you to imitate your parents unless they are imitating him and doing the will of his father. If they are not, go right past them. Go right to the Lord Jesus Christ and imitate him. Jesus wants you to know him for who he is and do all that he has taught you to do and to believe. And sometimes, sometimes, you definitely must not wait for mom and dad. Praise God if you have a believing parent. Thank God if you have a believing parent who does the will of the Father in heaven and believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ as worthy of even more than their relation to you. But if you do not, you even still have something better. You have a father and a brother who takes you as his brother.
Now, whenever we say these things about doing the will of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is likely that somewhere in our heart we get very anxious and we wonder, am I doing his will enough to be of his dearest relations? Because I know in my conscience that I have not always done his will or I have done his will poorly. Well, beloved, please remember what we said earlier. This begins with the communion of faith. We recognize the worth of the one speaking, speaking who is saying that he is the Lord of men. He is the Savior of men who raises up sinners to his dearest relations, regardless of where they have come from. He elevates them to those who are dearest to him. But back to the question, have we done his will enough? An illustration that I heard a long time ago that I found helpful on this very question is the basketball illustration. If you come up to my house one afternoon and park on the curb and I'm outside shooting baskets, you are not going to see me sink every shot. You're not going to see me make swish after swish after swish. I won't even sink every layup. I know that's hard to believe. But you will not mistake what I am doing for soccer. It will be evident to you that I am not playing soccer. I may not be playing basketball perfectly, but I have turned away from soccer and I am doing something totally new. I am doing it better than I did before, but I am not doing it as, as the best as I will later. Beloved, this is what it means to be doing the will of the Father in heaven. It is not about a perfection in a Western mindset. It is about a, an affection that I am done with other games, I am done serving other masters, and I am doing the best I can and I am growing. And even when I fail, I still do his will. In what manner? By falling upon his bosom and confessing my sins and thanking him for the blood that cleanses me of all unrighteousness. Even that is his will for me to do. So be not greatly discouraged here, or vainly so. No one is perfect among fallen men. But our Savior Jesus Christ adopts us into his family and elevates us to a bond that cannot be broken by that simple communion of faith. And then slowly he heals with true power our will. And the healing is evident because we're not playing soccer. Beloved, this is our lesson tonight. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these words from our Lord Jesus Christ, where he has magnified his worth to us and established his preeminence over all men. May we see the revelation of these words and who he is, that he is the one from whom we have come as creator. He is the one who sustains us even now in his power and providence. 
and he is the one before whom we will stand at the end of history. But Lord, we thank you that there is so much more that he has spoken to us, that even now within history, we can be taken captive. We orphans can be taken off the street and brought into his house and be made his nearest relations. He is so, we are so dear to him in the communion of faith and the communion of will that he sets his family name upon us. Lord, we pray that none be ashamed of him and that if any among us are laboring under unbelief and a diseased, disordered will of death, heal them even this day through the power of your Holy Spirit and by your free grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.